Y'all may be seated. You know, I got to thinking about restaurants, not because I'm hungry, but how many of you have a favorite restaurant or two that you like to go to on a regular basis? Now, the reason why you do that is because the food is always good. The food is always consistent. You can bank on having a good meal, right? Well, in this church, you get good meals. And it really doesn't matter who's preaching, whether it be myself or my wife or Pastor Nancy or Pastor Tom, or like Reverend George is going to be speaking on Wednesday night, going to bring a great word. Brenda's going to bring a great word. You're going to get a good meal. Amen. So all you got to do then is come to the table and eat, right? Come to the table and eat. And all of the things that we're doing, you know, really basically surround around our vision, which is to reach the lost, to mature the believer, and to heal the hurting. If you're hurting in an area of your life, for example, if you're hurting in your marriage, come to couple together. If you're hurting physically, come to the service and have hands laid on you or just get in the presence of God. We are believing for the vision that God has given all of us to be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Amen? So open your Bibles this morning to Galatians chapter 3, if you would. And let's look at verse 13 and 14. How many of you will just believe God with me this morning? You know, we're going to be having communion at the end of this service, and we never want to, to uh, shortchange people in the Word, but we do have kind of a limited time in this 9 a.m. service So believe with me for that which needs to be spoken to be spoken today, will you? So, Father, we come before you this morning. We thank you, Lord, as touching this thing in agreement. We're asking you, Lord, for utterance. We're asking you for revelation knowledge. That which is just right for now. And, Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name, and we set ourselves in agreement for it. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So, we are in this study on heirs of God, and this study just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. You know, I intended to speak on it for, you know, a couple of weeks, but it's way too big, and we're going we're gonna to continue on uh, in the Word in this particular area. And so, what have we found out thus far? Well, we found out that we are heirs of God, and that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, Right? We have found out that the Lord is our king and that we are heirs of everything right now. In other words, you do not have to wait to heaven to cash in or to receive your inheritance in Christ Jesus. Last week, we looked on the fact that we are blessed with faithful Abraham. And we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 28 and Psalms 112, and we just rejoiced in all that belongs to us. So this morning in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and verse 14, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Notice with me, not the curse of Abraham, but the blessing of Abraham. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit then through what? Through faith. So the blessing of God is available, but it then must be accessed by faith. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29, I'd like for you to read that with me. It says this, And if you be Christ's, Then are you Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the promise. 
So we understand then that we have been redeemed. I found a verse of scripture last night that I'd like to read to you, and it's not in my notes up there. But if you would turn in your Bibles to Psalms 111 and verse 9. Redemption is a huge part of your inheritance. In Psalms 111 and verse 9, it says, He sent redemption unto his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverent is his name. He sent redemption to your life. A couple other translations says, He released us. He sent deliverance. He sent freedom. He sent rescue unto his people. And I love where it says, He hath commanded his covenant forever. The voice translation says this, He is guaranteeing his covenant forever. Still another says, He has commanded and decreed his covenant that it would last forever. And so he sent his covenant for you. And he says it's an everlasting covenant. And he sealed it with the blood of Jesus. And Jesus, by the way, has been made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Aren't you glad that he only had to do it once? He entered in once and he paid the price and he obtained eternal redemption for you and I. So in this inheritance, we're redeemed. And a part of this inheritance also includes a mighty storehouse. Let me read to you a word from the Lord that came forth. I've got a great storehouse. Much more has been stored up in the storehouse of riches beyond your wildest dream. And I've laid it up for you from before the foundation of the world. Much more is stored up for than what the church has ever called for. He said, I've never held back on my church. I've made it available to you. I've put it in my word and I have promised you and stood behind it with the blood, the blood of the Savior. And then the word of the Lord went on to say this. But there has been a backwardness in my people about laying hold of the things that I have provided for you. But I will say this. There is a people in the land. There is a people around the world. There is a people strong and mighty, growing stronger and mightier and more bold to lay hold and put their claim of faith on the things I've laid up for you. And it thrills me, says the Lord. Thank God for this great storehouse. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and in verse 12, he says this, that the Lord shall open unto thee his Good treasure. What kind of treasure is he opening up for his people? He's opening unto us his good treasure. Now the word treasure in the Hebrew is storehouse. Storehouse. The NIV says the storehouse of his bounty. The Hamush stone edition, which the sages have put forth which is part of the Telehim and the Talmud and so forth, that verse says, His storehouse of goodness. 
his storehouse of goodness. You know, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness of turning. In other words, he is the God of plenty, the God of abundance, the God of all goodness. Hallelujah. And he don't change. So everything that you'll ever need is provided for you in Christ Jesus. Now, he said here, I would open to you this great storehouse. Well, open in the Hebrews literally means to let loose or to throw it open. The message says it like this, that God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults. He will open, throw it open, the doors of his sky vaults. You know, that's the same word in Malachi chapter 3.10, where it says, I will open to you the windows of heaven. Thank God for the windows of heaven being opened to you this year. Thank God for glorious, wonderful opportunities being opened to you this year. Thank God for your businesses increasing. Thank God for your storehouses increasing. Thank God that the God of opportunity is visiting your house this year. Amen. The message in Malachi 3.10 says this. Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury so that there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. How many dreamers we got in here? How many doers we got in here? You put your dream and your doing together and you've got something awesome. Amen. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 13. And notice with me in verse 20 and 21. I'm going to look at it in the Amplified Version. Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. says, Now may the God of peace strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be. How many of you know God can take a broken life and make it what it ought to be? How many of you know God that can restore someone that has gone the wrong way and make that person better before? I like what Brenda says. He's the master at turning any disaster around. Well, maybe your life at one time was a disaster, but thank God when the master gets a hold of your life, things turn around for his glory. Somebody shout amen. Amen. And so he's making you what you ought to be. He's doing a work in your life. He that began a good work in you is going to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And you know, the work that he's doing in your life is not something that you have to do on your own. He's all the while at work in you, effectually working to do his will. Amen. He'll equip you with everything, what? With everything good. Hallelujah. Notice with me in verse 21. Now may the God of peace strengthen, complete, perfect you, and make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good. Why? So that you may carry out his will. Amen. Did you know that the will of God can be carried out through your life? Absolutely. But notice this with me. He says, I will make you perfect. Now, the word perfect in the Greek means, he says, I'm going to outfit you. You know, when God outfits you, you're well taken care of. 
Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 31, verse 19. We're going to look at that in the NIV version. He said, how great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. Hallelujah. The Hebrew for goodness means prosperity. Now listen to this. Good things. And did you know it also means property? How many of you are trusting the Lord for some property? That's about a third of you. What's wrong with the rest of you? I said, how many of you are believing God for property? Well, I've got property already, Pastor. Well, you know there's such a thing as more property. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And so part of the goodness of God and the blessing of God is property. We're calling this property paid in full. This is part of our inheritance. This is part of your inheritance. This is part of the Bay Area's inheritance. For the goodness of God to be proclaimed. For us to shout it from the housetops. For people's lives to be changed. And their destiny rearranged. Amen. Glory to God. So there's property in the storehouse. Amen. Psalm 37, 29 says that the Lord himself is your inheritance. The New King James says the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. You know, when you own your own property, you ain't got to move. Let me try that again. When you own your own property, you don't have to move. Isn't that awesome? Look at your neighbor and nudge him and say, the property's yours. Now, uh, did you wear your shouting clothes today? Look over at Psalm 16 and verse 6, and we're going to look at it in the NLT version. Psalm 16, verse 6 in the NLT. Let's read it together. He said this, ready, read. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. The land you gave me, it's a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. Don't limit God, guys. God's able and God's willing. You know, over the years we've seen... People in our church just been given homes. Recently, a couple in this church just got their second home. Just given to them. We serve a good God. We serve a God who gives. Well, yeah, but that would never happen to me. Get rid of that. Don't believe that. Don't say that. You know, when testimonies like that come through, you ought to point your finger at yourself and say, yeah, me too. One way to overcome doubt is to shout. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Let's look at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. How many of you know there's wisdom as part of your inheritance? Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. Amen? 
in Proverbs chapter 2, 6 and 7, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds victory, wisdom, in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. So there's wisdom that belongs to you and belongs to me. Back to this prophecy now. Much more has been stored up in the storehouse of riches beyond your wildest dreams that I've laid up for you from before the foundations of the world. I want to be bold right now. And I want to say this, that the Lord did not put the silver and the gold in the earth for the devil and his crowd. The Lord did not put the silver and the gold in the earth for the drug addicts or for the pornography peddlers. He didn't put the silver and the gold in the earth for the Playboy Club. Come on, somebody. He said the silver's mine and the gold is mine. And he says, you are mine. And I am yours. I'm in you and you're in me. The silver and the gold belongs to you. Say it real strong with me right now. The silver and the gold belongs to me. Now look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Let the word speak to you this morning. Amplified version of Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work in us. Amen. His word is working in us. The Holy Spirit is working in us. He's given us wisdom. He's given us direction. He is able to carry out his purpose and to do what? How much abundantly? Super abundantly. And then he goes on to define what that is. Far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. The message says this. God can do anything, you know. I just love how that starts. God, God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guessed or request in your wildest dreams. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Somebody says, well, I can ask pretty big. God can do more than that. Somebody says, I can think pretty big. God can go beyond that. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The truth of the matter is heaven is overloaded with things that he's prepared for your enjoyment. There's an untapped supply that exists. There are unclaimed treasures of heaven waiting for your bold claim of faith. There is a storehouse that the church has not really accessed to the degree that it could, including me. Including most of us here. But what do you say we grow? And what do you say we keep our motives pure? And we keep our hearts right? 
And know that these treasures and these blessings are for us to be a blessing to other people. Amen? And you won't walk in this just kind of doing your own thing. You won't live in this just by making a couple confessions and showing up to church once a month. You won't get this even by going to a great, wonderful seminar or a great, wonderful camp meeting a couple times a year and then being a fugitive the rest of the year from church. Amen. But you'll get it when you walk in your righteousness. You'll get it when you walk uprightly before the Lord. When you position yourself to walk in the blessing of Abraham, you know what? There is no limit to what God will do, listen, for you, but more importantly, through you. I'm telling you what, you ought to tell the Lord, Lord, if you, can get it, if you get it to me, when you get it to me, you sure enough get it through me. Amen? Say it real strong, I'm a conduit of the blessing of God. I'm walking in righteousness. I'm walking upright before him. Therefore, no good thing will he withhold from my life. Now, notice in Proverbs chapter 8, verses 18 through 21. We're going to look at this in the Amplified Version. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 18 through 21. He said, Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness uprightness in every area and relation and right standing with God. He says, my fruit is better than gold, yes, than refined gold, and my increase than choice silver. And then he says, I, wisdom, walk in the way of righteousness, moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation, in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit true riches, and I will fill their treasuries. So we see then that this is not for those who walk in their own way. It's for those who will walk with him. Now let's hold our hands up and say, I'm walking in the spirit. I'm walking in love. And the love of God in me never fails. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I walk circumspectly before you, Lord. I'll walk worthy of the vocation that you have called me. In Jesus' name. Is that your belief? I know it is. Now listen to this in the message. He says, wealth and glory accompany me. Also substantial honor and a good name. He said, my benefits are worth more than a big salary, even a very big salary. He said, the returns on me exceed any imaginable bonus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And so the context of that is wisdom. Walking in the wisdom of God is walking in the Spirit's leading. Walking in the Spirit's leading is walking in the Spirit's bidding. He will always lead you 
down the right paths. He will lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So walk, walk with me. Walk, walk in the spirit I say. And as you do, you will see the fog be removed and it'll be as if it's a brand new day. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk with him. Psalm 38, notice with me in verses 8 through 10, NIV version. I realize I'm giving you a lot of word, but you can handle it. And I I just suggest that you you get these teachings and you listen to them and you write the scriptures down and you meditate on them. Psalm 34, verse 8 and 10. You know, when you meditate, you will make your way prosperous. You know, Joshua said it like this. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, what? Day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Amen. So meditate in the Word. Psalm 34, verse 8 through 10. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't want to just hear about how good the food is you've been eating. I want you to show me where it is. So I can taste it. Amen? I remember years ago, uh, Reverend Terry Amaral made some Portuguese beans for George and I. And it was uh, right before we were to get on a jet over into Tulsa, Oklahoma, to go to camp meeting. I'm telling you what, we got gassed up with those Portuguese beans. But it tasted so good. And it was so wonderful. Hallelujah. But I don't want to just hear about your heavenly hash cake. I want to eat some of it. I'm not talking about marijuana cake, heavenly hash. (laughs) Heavenly hash is a real cake. Amen. I don't want to just hear about how good your salsa is. Bring the brother some chips, will you? (laughs) Anyway, taste and see the Lord's good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Thank God he's your refuge in this day and this hour. No evil is going to befall you. Neither shall any accident overtake you. No terrorist shall befall thee. Neither shall any attack come nigh your dwelling. Is that right? I'm taking refuge in him in 2015. He said, now fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him will lack everything. Oh, you are listening. For those who fear him shall lack what? They're not going to lack anything. Now the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So everything you need is in God's word. Now this prophecy again, a portion of it is this. But there has been a backwardness in my people about laying hold of the things that I have provided for them. And you know that has fit me in the past. But notice this word backwardness. Marion uh, Webster defines backwardness as behind or not as advanced in learning or development. Behind or not as advanced in learning or development. I can remember Brother Moore here several years ago 
when we were over there on Royal Avenue. How many of you remember our nice building on Royal? And he came in. And you know, people that stand in the office of a teacher and perhaps some other offices, they can sense things and they can just know things when they come in a place. And I remember Brother Moore said, you know, I, I sense that, you know, not only me, but I sense that the church has gotten behind a little bit in this area of prosperity, in this area of abundance. And uh, so he identified that. Well, you know what? If you're behind in prayer, you've got to get caught up. If you're behind in faith, you've got to get caught up. If you're behind in the revelation of divine prosperity and the blessing of God, you've got to get caught up. And then move forward. And the other thing about teaching like this is I never want to assume that people are on the same page. Because faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Amen? And so it's very important then that we apply the truths that we are hearing. Behind, not as advanced in learning or in development. Now, in closing this this morning, how many of you give me just maybe five, six, seven more minutes? All right. And then we're going we're gonna to have communion. But very interesting verse of Scripture. You know, the whole book of Psalms is awesome. But I want to center in on one verse, Psalms 23 and verse 5. Psalms 23 and verse 5. And the first part of that verse. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Thou preparest a table before me. Ooh, glory. Say it with me. It's a running over. So notice this with me. He prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. So that means that this table is set here and now. For this dispensation. And we could talk for several minutes about what's on the table. But just know this, that there's some good things on the table. But how many of you as a parent have ever had a difficult time getting your kids to come to the table? You know, you had to say, dinner served! They're up playing Nintendo or whatever they're doing. And they don't hear you. And I think that's the way it is with some of God's kids. The table's been set, and yet God's had a hard time getting his children to come to the table to partake of this great children's bread. Amen? Now, in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, in, in connection with this, Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, so who's he speaking to? He said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. See, here's that same, same thought that I started out with in the offering. My part is to pray. Your part is when you pray, to believe that you receive. But his part is to see that you have them. His part is to manifest what you prayed for. Now the word receive there, believe you receive them, means take. Or 
Take it when you pray. Be bold to lay hold. Gloria Copeland said this. I love her. She said, if you don't take it when you pray, you haven't prayed boldly in faith. If you don't take it when you pray, you haven't prayed boldly in faith. Now, in closing, look at Joshua 18. Joshua 18. And I believe that one of the key words for this service, anyhow, is this. Don't leave anything on the table. Don't leave anything on the table. My grandma Melby, my, my mother's maiden name was Melby. Her first name was Frances, Frances Ann Melby. And uh, we used to call Grandma Melby Nana. And uh, I didn't mind Nana watching us when, you know, my parents were out of town. But I appreciated Maida Thomas a whole lot more. Because Maida Thomas was a little bit looser. And Nana, you know, she, she made you not have snacks and different things like that. But my top preference for babysitters was Mrs. O'Donnell. Because Mrs. O'Donnell, we called her Mrs. O. Mrs. O'Donnell, she had this Minnesota accent, sweetie. And she said, boys, just lock the door when you come in at night. <laughs> and you can forget about cooking because Mrs. O'Donnell, she couldn't eat cook a biscuit. So we'd go down to Jimmy's restaurant and eat two hamburgers, french fries, and a Coke. But when Nana would come over, you know, Tim and I'd be sitting at the table, and she'd always talk about the Clean Plate Club. The Clean Plate Club. She said, look, eat everything on the, on the plate. Clean it all up. Belong to the Clean Plate Club. Well, I don't know if that relates to the message or not, but it felt good to tell it anyhow. <laughs> Don't you leave anything on the table. Pass the bread. Pass the joy. Pass that great big jug of joy. Pass the peace. Pass the long suffering. I'm not leaving anything on the table. Hallelujah.